1: Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you from live from our television and radio studios here in beautiful Northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast weeknights, it's Monday through Friday, seven to ten p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. Thank you, Global Star. we also simulcast as well on Blog Talk Radio, BTR, and, and of course YouTube Live. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate all of your uh, all of you coming in and uh, allowing us to be with you during this uh, period of time. You'll be doing a lot of other things. you would be watching reruns of Golden Girls. I mean, I suppose, right? Or whatever it might be on. But, uh, you choose to, you choose this. Thanks. Appreciate that. Folks, we've got two different websites. I'm going to just keep reminding everyone this because it, it, this is so important. Uh, Hagman and Hagman is where you uh, can watch the show. HagmanandHagman.com. Watch the show. And, uh, pick a venue. Whatever you want to do. And then HagmanReport.com is where the, that's where the articles are. That's where this show stuff is uh really. That that that's where you need to go. And speaking of that, have you gone there recently? No? Why not? Go to HagmanHagman dot com folks. Seriously. Um we've got some wonderful absolutely wonderful great informational articles. Of course, John, thank you, John, for uh for your input in uh you're, uh, you're your writing. It's, it's fantastic. We also have some great articles as well from guest contributors. And, and you know, we've got the greatest guest contributors. We really do. Um, Sergeant Tim, God bless you, my friend. You're, 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 you write very well. And, um, Alex Thomas, thank you. And others. But, but definitely go there, uh, hagmanreport.com and check out Stephen Menking. Oh, man. And he's been on our show, but w- what a great, what a talented writer he is. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, here, I'm going to, I wasn't planning on doing this, but let me, uh, I have a request. Anyone who knows, who has, okay, I'm, let me be clear about this. And the reason I want to be clear about this is, it, this is so hilarious. Uh, I don't know how many folks remember, this is a couple of years ago, when Steve asked for a special ops person. Y- y'all remember that? Because we didn't give a reason why, but a special ops person, remember when Steve wanted one to contact him? Uh, for working south, you know, south of the border? Um do you recall that? Do you recall me asking about that on his behalf? Well, what that was for, and we, the reason we didn't, uh, the reason Steve didn't want me to say anything, and the reason we, we didn't say anything was, what that was for was for an expedition, um that you're, you heard about already with Tim Alberino, and well, uh, security was needed for this expo- expedition. And, uh, the reason i mentioned this is I, I was laughing my butt off when when somebody had sent me an email saying hey did you know that this somebody uh i don't know some whack job thought i was soliciting his murder or something you know when i had nothing i mean can you imagine that i don't know it's just crazy right so ever since ever since then, and I had a good laugh over that when I got this, I got I got an email saying, "Hey, did you know that this person thinks you're you're soliciting to whack?" I, I mean, really? I would actually do that on the radio. I don't think so. Anyway, no, that was for that was for security, actually, for security purposes, for the um, uh, the um, uh, stuff that Tim Alvarino and, and Steve and his crew did in peru and south america and in the parts of mexico and stuff and and they were going to some weird places so he he wanted a a guy a kind of a point man for security and that's what that was all about so the reason i I said that is because here's what what i'm looking for right now and this is for me personally um i'm looking for someone who's familiar with doing commerce on the dark web all right now now hold on a minute i'm doing a research project okay no, I'm not out buying uh, whatever this is for sale out there. All right, I need. I just I need technical advice. What I'm looking for is, um, I'm looking for information. So if if specifically, here's what I'm looking for. If somebody is is experienced in doing commerce, or for example, I know that uh, Bitcoin is the is the medium of exchange on the dark web. I'm interested in knowing. About the process. And because I'm, I'm researching a few things that's related actually to the email. Uh, and I'll be flat out honest with you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm researching a lot of the stuff that, uh, Brittany Pettibone had talked about and Tara and such. But I'm doing this and, and I'm looking at, um, certain things about these emails and I'm, I'm investing, I'm kind of, I'm doing some research. So I need to, I need, I, 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 I Look, I've been on the, I've been on the dark web. I understand what it is. But I want to understand a little bit more about how the commerce works on the dark, dark web. So if any of you are out there and have done commerce, and I don't care what kind of, well, I do care. I mean, you know what I mean, right? Um, but I'm looking for someone to give me some information about, uh, certain things about, about the Bitcoin aspect, not just, I'm not talking about uh, kind of a one-on-one thing, no, I'm talking about some specific deep questions about that, and also about um, IP tracing, IP masking, using such things as a Tor browser, uh, in which operating system, whether it's a Linux system or so it's very specific knowledge and, and this is for a an investigative research project that, that I'll, I'll make known at a later time and if anyone's interested or wondering what that's related to that's related to um the emails that one would easily equate to pizzagate all right so there's no mystery there no one thinking i'm out there trying to you know hire a hitman or buy a weapon or a Buy a grenade launcher or something like that or whatever. Okay, just in case, because you know it's yeah. <laughs> just it's, it's sometimes sometimes the accusations are so hilarious. It, it, it just uh, I don't know, you know. So uh, here's what you do: if if you're that person, just send me an email. Um, send it to the studio. That way it's that way we have an audit uh, trail of it. And we know, I mean, in, in the subject line put, uh, dark web. Okay. So it, here's the criteria. Um, you, you have to be, you have to have, I mean, you have to be born again. Uh, of course, be a Christian. Um, I, I don't want, I don't want somebody, you know, thinking that, you know, this is not about, Anything untoward. This is just my research, and you've got to be of good moral and upright character. Um, Yeah, just kind of an afterthought. You can tell it was an afterthought because I'm I'm just like, geez, I'm not sure. You know, I I probably wasn't wasn't planning on doing that, but I just wanted to mention that. So, if you meet that criteria, (laughs) if you are in fact uh, knowledgeable about the dark web uh, and want to provide me directly with some some information, kind of fill in some blanks, and I'm familiar with the dark web pretty much. But there's some specifics that I need to know, especially when you get involved in the research that I'm talking about. You've got to be very careful so you're not tripped up, and uh, you know what I mean. I think you can. I think you can understand it. But anyway, I think it's. I think there's a lot there, and it's. The, the, the information that I had received from someone with the, with within the actually inside the beltway, I had just gotten this information. I haven't fully vetted it yet, but it does point me in that direction and hence the reason for me asking. And it's kind of, it's again, it's, it's a little bit, uh, not ready, it, it really it's not ready for prime time in terms of me talking about it, and that's why I'm so sort of jumbled about, about asking about the, uh, about that person. But if you're familiar with operating systems and you're familiar with, the, let, let's say, Bitcoin, you're familiar with how things operate, you know, in, in the shadows like that. However, you're, you're moral upstanding and, of course, uh, a Christian, um, send an email to the studio, studio at Hagman, uh, studio at Hagman, com, in the subject, the subject line dark web. And let me know how I can get a hold of you. It it might be a week or so because I'm pretty backlogged, but um, maybe even longer. But I I just again I want to be very clear of why I'm asking. This involves research, just so you know, and it does involve the what is known as Pizzagate. But it's not. um, It wouldn't be anything that would put you or anyone else in any kind of. Jeopardy by looking at images or anything like that. That's not images have nothing to do with this. It's actually uh, it's actually more of data encryption. Okay, so that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, so y'all found out there, you folks, uh, y'all, right there. You go. When I turn turn southern, y- you heard about what happened in the Fort Lauderdale. Five dead, eight wounded at the Fort Lauderdale Airport. Of course, Esteban Santiago. A U.S. citizen apparently with military ID is accused of being the shooter who randomly gunned down at least 13 people at the Fort Lauderdale airport baggage, baggage claim area. Now, turn on any channel, of course. This is what you see. I, I don't know how, how much people know about this. Um, back, I believe it was last, two, two months, three months ago, last November, uh, he had while he was living in Anchorage. He had walked into the FBI office up there and uh, said that uh, USA intelligence was forcing him to watch ISIS propaganda videos. I'm not sure how many people know that. Uh, He's 26 years old, born in New Jersey. He had lived in Alaska and Naples, Florida. Now that's being reported by NBC Miami. Um, and, and it's interesting because he he, uh, he he shot he emptied his magazine in his semi-auto handgun and at that point he was ordered to the ground which he did go to the ground and was apprehended he was not shot and killed so this is going to be interesting to see how this turns out, born in 1990 Alaskan court records show that Esteban Santiago as the with the same date of birth. Uh, He he was charged with a couple of misdemeanors last year. One count was dismissed, uh, and actually another count was coming up this March. He lived in Anchorage, Alaska, reportedly from 2014 to 2016. And he was supposedly carrying a military ID and was previously in the National Guard. I think when this gets all flushed out, I think you're going to see that he may not, that, that military service might not be... All that they're making it out to be. Alright. So, um, in the, in the, according to news reports, he randomly targeted people while waiting or picking up, uh, their luggage. And of course, there's gonna be an issue made about security, of course, at the baggage claim centers. And I know in our airport, many airports, you can actually walk into the baggage claim areas from outside. A lot of times through a revolving door, through an automatic open, open door, and, uh, Nearly bypassed security, and in fact, we, folks, ten years ago, we had talked to the FBI, us, the Northeast Intelligence Network. This was being discussed. The the attacks at um, the lower securities, all, all the securities, all the security was was meant for the aircraft flying on the aircraft. But where the biggest exposure was were the baggage claim areas, and. The enemy knew this, and they were talking about this. The that, that, that Muslim terrorists were talking about this. And, and that's, and, and we had reported this because there was a lot of discussion on the Arabic language web, web forums that, uh, uh, about this being a vulnerable area. Tonight, folks, we're gonna have John Rappaport on. Oh, how many are waiting for him? And of course, uh, Josh Kaplan on as well, so you're in for a great program this evening, but getting more into uh, into this again, the shooter, Fort Lauderdale Airport, 5 dead, 8 wounded total of 13 victims the shooter, Esteban uh, I'm sorry uh, the, the shooter being named as Esteban Santiago uh, born in Puerto Rico, living in having lived in uh, both Alaska, or I'm sorry, born in uh, I believe New Jersey no, oh, well, here's two different reports now. Here's one from uh, here's here's one from AP, and here's one from NBC, with two different uh, places of birth. So one says New Jersey, and the other says Puerto Rico. Interesting. All right. Well, and you see, this is why we don't like to grab on to jump onto news that's breaking because we will collect the information, obviously and uh, vet the information through our system as well. But this does look a lot like uh an ISIS-inspired, shall I say, whether it's tangential to the incident or just uh, whatever. It does look like there's an ISIS component or an Islamic component to this. And again, I'm not saying that that's the motive. I'm just saying it looks like there's some some influence there, and, and that goes as well to his reported visit uh, in November to the Anchorage FBI office when he was reportedly incoherent, saying that U.S. intel agencies were actually funneling uh, stuff into his head, making him watch or uh, being subjugated to ISIS propaganda videos. So there we have it. But you you watch how this is going to play out. It's, it's the same old story, folks. Uh, it's the... And as Greg Jackson would say, you know, an inch deep and a mile wide, that coverage is going to be just that way where it's, it's the guns, it's the security, it's this, it's that, it's the military. Uh, I would go deeper than that, especially with that, with that. if that report is true where he did walk in uh, to, to an FBI office saying, hey, man, the U.S. intelligence agencies, they're attempting to brainwash me and put thoughts in my head and stuff like that. It's either a mental health issue or... Yeah, you know, is there programming going on? You know, look, maybe ten years ago I would have said, "Ah, come on, you're," you know, I would have called myself an idiot. But think about this, you know, with with all the stuff that we know today, you just can't dismiss it that quickly. And I'm not trying to be, you know, trying to—it's not hype, but it's just let's look at all the facts and let's look at everything here. I want to thank, uh, Eric for, uh, Eric the Tech for putting up my, uh, three minute video from yesterday. It's, it's on our YouTube, uh, channel. You can please subscribe to our YouTube channel. I ask everyone who, who is listening to this, just take a moment and subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. Would you please do that for me? I consider it a personal favor. It does elevate us. It, it provides us with a level of insulation. Um, and, and we, you know, you've heard about censorship and all that. Uh, but I want to thank him for doing that. And I also want to kind of tease him a little bit. Uh, we're, we're going to have, a, uh, we're going to have a spelling tutorial. <laughs> Boy, right. We're going to be working on our letters this weekend. Um, uh, yeah, obviously there's a, there's a, a, a misspelling on the, uh, on, the, on one of the graphics. Uh, yeah, Eric said, oops. Uh, but we'll, we'll be working on our, our letters and numbers together. Uh, Eric and I. But, but that's not why I mentioned that. The reason I meant, why I mentioned that is because there, and, and you, you, you can go to, uh, let me see if I can go to that right now. Hang on just a minute. Talk amongst yourselves. Um, here we go. I, I want to acknowledge somebody on this. Uh, publicly acknowledge someone on this. In the comments section. Here we go. There it is. Right here. Okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. Alright. I want to publicly acknowledge and thank Eric Deloach. Uh, hopefully I pronounced your name correctly. You know, when I had talked about this, the, the uh, the four thugs that held that young, young man Hostage yesterday, yesterday. During my rant yesterday. Oh, and by the way, Eric named the video. I didn't name it. So anyway, but when I spoke about that, and I said it was it was you know black on white crime. I I, I just wanted to let people know. I don't. I look. I've got. And I ah, boy. I I'm about to say something. I just cringe when other when I hear other people say it. I've got black friends. I, I do. I've got friends who are black, and um, it, it's it, it, it's more than that, okay? And I had mentioned about uh, the black-on-white crime, and I just want to be clear about something here. There are, in my estimation, there are many, many times more great, upstanding black people good black people than there are you know animals just like with with white people caucasian people just like with any race all right my problem is not the color of one's skin my problem is the burying of or 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 taking um that the media misrepresenting it just simply because of the color of one's skin misrepresenting the facts so I want to make that clear and I applaud um, people like Eric Deloach and others who have commented and say, uh, just to give you an example he said I'm black and I'm embarrassed to be a black man sometimes because of the ghetto trash that lives in this world and go, going around do th- doing things like this well you know I could say the same thing about my race with the white because we have plenty of that too in, the, in, in that camp so it's not it's not a, it's not a racial it's not it's not black or white inherently bad it's it is the manipulation of the facts by the media or their reluctance to say okay um for example if you, if, the, if there's a bank robbery we'll say do you remember when you would hear on your radio your AM radio the suspect is a six foot two white male with a, you know, brown hair, blue eyes, and whatever. It would be pretty very precise nowadays. You don't get that anymore. The suspect fled out of the bank. I, I mean, it 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 it's you don't know who to look for. It almost appears as if. And especially in a minority, what is considered to be the minority in, in, in the eyes of the media, uh, meaning other than Caucasian. They, they refuse to, to report on race when it's irrelevant to the issue. And I feel, I, and, and, and it hurts me as a, as a, as a man and as a Christian and, and as a, 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 I mean, it hurts me to, to, to look and see and, and see that there there's this violence out there. This black and white violence or yeah, well, that's not being reported on, or black on black violence. And, and to me I think that we as a society and as a as a country have done a really really bad disservice to people of color in this respect. All right? i'm not walking anything back believe me i'm not walking anything i said back all i'm doing is clarifying that the fact that this is this is more than just race this is about how these progressives are taking the information taking things and just completely mangling the information under the pretext of of uh, political correctness it's not right and even you know I've noticed this even on Fox News it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's a syndicated national radio show or a television show it's this unwritten law where you can't get into it or the the, the, uh, people the uh, speakers the, 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 the talent so to speak they don't talk about this to to me, it's you're doing a disservice, and I think that it needs to be discussed. We're all adults. let's let's talk about it. If we have a problem, let's fix the problem. all right whatever the problem might be, let's fix it. let's not make it worse by burying it or let's not make it worse by not addressing it directly, or let's not make it worse by um, making it worse, doing things. let's just talk about it. So anyway, I just want to make that clear and I want to thank everyone who responded and made a comment and um uh, you know and I could tell the compassion of of Mr. Deloach and uh, others and and I respect that their heart their integrity their character I really respect that because I'm going to tell you something right now I don't care what color your skin is if If you're a man of integrity or a woman of integrity character and, and you know hey I'll stand up for you. I will stand up for you but but let's not bury the problems um, that we have and let's certainly let's not misrepresent them let's let's be a let's be an asset to everyone. Regardless of skin color, regardless of of whatever, let's be an asset to everyone. Let's be a let's give people a hand up and uh, help and and such, uh, and 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 do. Let's not be or do what the mainstream media does. We have a lot of lot more information to get into on the other side. I want to talk to you. Did you know that the United States dropped twenty six thousand one hundred seventy one bombs last year? <laughs> an astounding number. I, I mean, really. Uh, that's something I'm going to get into along with um, a few other tidbits I think that are pretty important that uh, kind of shape the news narrative for the weekend and then following that we've got John Rappaport who will be coming on in hour number two just go to hagmanreport.com there you'll find the program description that John has written and I want to thank him for that John our program director Thank you, sir. Folks, we'll be right back. Uh, stay where we're at. <laughs> back folks to this hour of the Hagman and Hagman Report. You, you know, I, I've got to tell you a story. Um we, we by the way, Monday probably we're not gonna have video, but Tuesday I'm kinda of sure we will or Wednesday. The reason being is we uh uh we do have we had to get different equipment upgrade again, but it's it's good solid equipment and um uh, it it's a little bit more complicated than one would think, and what we had was one of the devices that were affected uh when everything went haywire was a device that had nearly i don't know a half a terabyte of programming information on it that it's being transferred as we speak so it's going to take some time to transfer that the uh that data now that's not never going to happen to us again because we have redundancy upon redundancy um uh, but anyway, so maybe Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. We're going to try for Monday, but if not Tuesday, I would, I would go more toward Tuesday. Um, and I don't know, you know, it's, it's going to depend too. I know people have been asking about Joe, where's he at? Well, he's been, he's been taking some time off. He's been in the, in and out of the office. I mean, he's around, but he has not been on air. Um, he's taken care of some family business, which is good. Um, five years, you know, he's been doing this. Uh, he didn't even take a honeymoon, by the way, just so people know that. You know, a lot of people don't know, and a lot of people say, "Oh, well, no, he's around so no worries about that. talked to him today, uh, he's doing well Ta- I mean, I talked to him every day, but I talked to him today, and said, you know whenever uh uh so you know maybe next week we'll I'll we'll drop in um but yeah, you know, before the break, I mentioned that the United States dropped two twenty six thousand one hundred and seventy one bonds last year, which is about three thousand more than we did in twenty fifteen I found that number kind of interesting, according to an analysis by the Defense Department data from the Council on Foreign Relations. Of course, you know the CFR, right? The majority of the bombs were dropped in Iraq and Syria. The U.S. leads this international coalition fighting ISIS, supposedly, right, fighting ISIS, but, eh. Anyway, air operations were, most of these bombs were air operations, of course. Uh, Nearly the same amount of bombs were dropped in Syria, in in Iraq last year. So you're looking at 12,000 bombs in Syria and another 12,000 in Iraq, which is just an incredible number to me. O- Obama um uh, has really drawn back American military presence abroad. He's resisted committing ground troops, which that's their language. Um I'm not so sure that that's a correct assessment. And when I look at, at at what a lot of these think tanks and such are putting out to the to the media and the media is reporting on, I'm looking and thinking, wait a minute, you know, we were all in to go after Syria, uh to to uh upset, to to destabilize Syria, and we've we've really done that to stabilize Syria. And if you go back to my writings back in 2013, 2012, 2011 you can read where i said look the um, whatever's happening in, in northern africa that includes libya is all about syria so i uh, it's all about syria in this case and then when putin pushed back on on syria of course a new front was opened in the ukraine and you have to watch the western forces so this is this is kind of a covert tit for tat operation here Um, especially with the CIA and many of the uh, western intelligence agencies and when I say the CIA I'm talking about case officers and agents that are working dutifully I'm talking about the the criminal cabal that's that's working at the behest of like the black ops being funded by the electronics uh, uh, stabilization fund which is unaccountable to anyone or anything. And the black ops money and budget. And directed by the criminal cabal or the cabal of criminal globalists here in the West, including in the United States, but that encompasses other countries as well. Uh, the UK, France, and, you know, other foreign entities playing this round of, of, uh, you know, doing this, okay? So, I mean, uh, and i think what we're seeing as well when we look at this uh i i, I caught some of fox news today and uh in addition to the shooting in, in fort lauderdale and we'll have more on this probably tomorrow it was one person all right just so you know we're we're not not reporting on this and, and yes and th- thank you elaine for letting me know this um yeah there were indications of course that he was being investigated for child pornography on his computer however there was not enough uh data on his computer for him to be charged uh there's just a lot of stuff wrong with this and i find it very interesting i just i just do so rather than shoot from the hip so to speak um we are going to be digging into this and uh So so we can talk authoritatively about our findings with respect to this individual. But, uh, you can see where, uh, and I I believe this to be, uh, I I believe this to be pretty true. You can see where we, the uh, Americans, uh, the American uh, military, the American military industrial complex, and I don't care if people don't like that, phrase or that term I've, I've got an email saying oh I don't like you using a military industrial complex well hey you know don't don't blame me blame Eisenhower uh, in that in that case but but the bottom line is this the uh, the only really agency that benefits or the only people that benefit from war would be the military industrial complex and the globalists who are trying to rearrange the, the global chess pieces of power and this is what's taking place and we're going to be getting, talking about this with john Rappaport, i believe in in more detail but but nonetheless um you've also now on top of everything else on top of the shooting bullet war that causes uh you know destruction in the, the middle east that is uh well, i'll throw syria in that category although that's not necessarily the middle east but in addition to that you've got this uh, dni clapper um uh, in i would urge everyone to, to and i'll put this up on our website as well perhaps after tonight's program or in the morning uh there's a, a very interesting several-minute exchange that took place between Clapper and I, I believe it was uh, the, the military guy, Mike, uh, I can't remember his name, and Lindsey Graham and, of course, uh, John McCain. I think it was John McCain. Lindsey Graham for, for sure. But but talking about the uh, the alleged infiltration and interference by Russia in our 2016 presidential elections. And the, the, it was Graham, I believe, who was pushing Clapper, or it was was going, having a back and forth with uh, D&I Clapper, about Russia and saying Obama threw pebbles, essentially pebbles at Russia in response to Russian interference when he should have been throwing... Rocks. In other words, uh, uh, Lindsey Graham was not satisfied with Obama's lack of response against Russia. And it's amazing to watch across the internet, if you look at the internet as a whole, how many people are, are agreeing with, with this and saying, oh, we, we, you know, we should really be punishing Russia and we should go be at war with Russia. And I just find it very interesting that that uh, they are they meaning uh, people like John McCain, people like Lindsey Graham, and those and and themselves, and many in the intelligence industry, intelligence uh, 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 world, along with the uh, certain NGOs and certain people within power inside DC, want a war with Russia. Now I will say this. Oh, uh, Putin is, I wouldn't trust Putin at all. I don't trust Putin. He's KGB, of course. And he, folks, j- just pick up a, um, the, the best thing to do is go to the library and, uh, check out the encyclopedias back in the, oh, 70s, 80s, 90s, or, or some sort of written book where you can read about, uh, you know, a, a physical book where you can read about the uh, rise of Putin. In, in real time, in the context of that time period, of the 80s, of the 90s. I think it was Yeltsin who elevated him, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but having said that, uh, so I don't trust Putin, but I also don't believe that the Russian, I don't believe that the uh, 2016 elections were, were uh, I don't believe he interfered, Putin or Russia interfered on the outcome of the elections just to be clear now and let's take this one step further if in fact any possibility exists for any interference given the electronic nature of the voting system then i propose we go back to paper ballots and hand counts you know and uh, and throw in with that id you vote you better be registered you have your id and you have a paper ballot, one vote per person, you show up in person, and your vote gets counted, hand counted, and certified that way. How else can we be be certain? And I'm asking, how else can can we be positively certain? Because the machines, machines, well, you saw, I mean, hey, right here, I mean, machines screw up. You can, they can be hacked, obviously. So, with something as tremendously important as our as our system, I believe that we need to go back our election election system, which again, and as as uh, even as Patrick Wood said last night, you know we are a constitutional republic, and people have to understand that we're not a democracy. And and words mean things, and certainly democracy is not what what we are. Uh, but we have an electoral college. It's a process. The election is a process. And by the way, Trump, it's official today. Trump is the president-elect, so Congress certified the results of the Electoral College today. Not that there was any possibility to, uh, uh, or any probability that that would have happened. So, um, uh, all all of this together is to me important. Now, a, a few things that uh, let me just pull something up here. And, and I'm, I'm going, I, I have a, a ton of notes here that I've been working with, but there are so many things that are coming in right now in new time, or in real time, that is, about, uh, uh about a number of things, including the Fort Lauderdale event. Again, folks, thank you so much for sending the information about Fort Lauderdale. Uh, we have captured a lot. I know our, our research team has captured a lot in real time, both on Twitter and on other social networking feeds. About the about the shooter down there, we're gonna be putting some things together on that and and reporting on that tomorrow when we have a better vetting when everything's vetted and we we have this available. All right. Um, I, I did want to touch on this as well. Did you know that the the record number is, for as much as Obama has said? Oh my goodness, everything is great uh, economic wise. Ninety five million one hundred two thousand Americans are not in the labor force. Eighteen percent. That number grew by 18% since 2009 when Obama took office. So just think about that. The, the final jobs report, his legacy, and this is hacks, I know this is going to hack off a lot of people. Um, his legacy is, is going to be one of failure as it comes to jobs. Uh, the number of Americans not in the labor force has increased by 14.5 million people. Since January of two thousand and nine, that's a whole lot of people, but in fairness, when you look at the trend, this began this whole process began long before Obama took office, and it's because of the Republican establishment the uh, people like Bush and you can go back to Clinton of course, and uh, I would say right anybody after Reagan bears some level of responsibility for this uh for as much as reagan is disliked for the trickle down economics that's been so maligned and misunderstood let's move that aside for a moment let's just pick a starting point we'll pick a starting point with with um uh bill clinton after reagan and look at what's what's happened ever since then you could see this downtrend but it has really it's really been like expedited and, and I've, I've I've heard from people I've heard from people over the last several months who are out of work who are at the end of their savings who don't have any money who have no discretionary income who don't have job prospects who are in their late 40s, early 50s or even their, their late 50s uh, not sure if their pension is going to be there worried about social security this is what we're facing today and you know dave hodges had said something and i and i, I talked to dave quite frequently too as much as i talked to steve and uh we were talking about the uh the potential for something to happen with respect to the economy and and you heard this uh, earlier this week and are the different guests that we have had on um it's our collective belief and the manner in which this happens is up for debate, but, it, and certainly none of us really know how this will happen, but it's going to be on the lap. It's going to be blamed on, on Trump. You can, you can see it. You can see the writing that the, this house of cards, when it comes tumbling down, the house of cards that is our economy, when it does come, come, come tumbling down is going to fall flat on the lap of Donald Trump. He's going to get blamed for it. And I, I mean, and people will believe this. So, and I do believe that, that an economic collapse is going to happen sooner rather than later. And you know, in fairness, people have said, oh, you've been saying that since 2013 or 2012. Well, if you thought it was true then, it's even truer now, isn't it? Of course, that's my attempt to be funny. But, but in all seriousness, I can tell you this. I truly believe, I, I tr- absolutely believe that numerically, when you look at how the system has been propped up, this Ponzi scheme, you've got to be honest with yourself and understand we're, we're, this cannot continue. It, it just can't. Look at the, at the, at the debt. Look at the uh, GDP and, and look at the different ratios. Look at the job numbers I just referenced it's it's it it can't be propped up it just it, it there's just no way um so i i really i i think i think that's going to be a big story in 2017 so in 2017 and by the way, folks, you can go to HagmanReport.com and read all the articles on there, too. John is soliciting your thoughts as to what is going to be happening in 2017. He's going to be putting them all together. Uh I do believe the economy is going to be one big thing. I, do be, I also believe that censorship is going to be another big thing. It's interesting because I have heard and read and experienced personally some things where For example, the independent media is going to bear the brunt of the blame for um, fake news. All right? And that fake news is going to be determined to be detrimental to the security of the United States. So they're going to have to censor us... Or sanction us, or both, and I can see this playing out. So I think this this is another big story of twenty seventeen, and it 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 was refined um, subsequent to the the PizzaGate, what is known as PizzaGate. Gate was refined subsequent to that, and it has really taken off. So watch for that to happen. Watch for watch for the censorship. And by that I mean the shuttering of certain independent media. More and more are going to be shuttered because they cannot afford, we'll say, um, um, lawsuits. They they can't afford um, to compete, or they can. That that's, that's probably less than. Uh, less of a problem than, than being able to sustain or or exist in the social media against the censoring within the social media. All right, so that's something to be concerned about. That we need, and, and the other thing too, and that this is what we're trying to do, and I, and I do want to spend the last couple of minutes talking about this. I want to let, let everyone know the Hagman Report, the team, I'm talking about JD from, you know, the, the southern section of the United States. He's, he's a wonderful citizen journalist, among other things. Okay, he's, he is actually, uh, he's going to be reporting from his mini studio down there, fixing him up with a studio kind of setting down there. So he'll be reporting. John from, The West Coast will be reporting and others in between but here's the thing as the censorship grows we are going to we are going to and and we're we're doing this now we are uh, combining forces with other others within the independent media to make sure that that we are a force to be reckoned with that we're more formidable together than we are separately that's number one, number two we are preparing to go old school, should it be necessary. And and I don't want to get too far into the explanation of this, but we have
0: to
1: we we, we have to have a good handle on the basics. In other words, um, think of think of it this way: if if um, well, go back to the Revolutionary War. How was how were communications? How was communications done back then? Have you studied that? Are you aware of that? The war for independence. We want to duplicate that in some respects. Because the word, the truth must get out. Um, so, that's a full time job by itself. And, and I guess I could kind of, I, I want to say one more thing too, that, uh, uh not planned. You know, I'm folks, I'm talking with Pastor David Langford and Steve Quayle about uh having a conference. That's right. I said it. How's that? We're thinking about uh, about planning a con well, we are planning a conference. We just don't know when, where, how, or who. <laughs> but um Pastor Langford and Steve Quayle both. I've got them to agree to uh, us, Pastor Langford and Steve Quayle, to, to agree to a conference. What do you folks think about that? In fact, I got them to agree to more than one in 2017. Because an important part of what we do is fellowship. An important part of what we do is, is being accessible to people, making ourselves available to people. And we're working the, the nuts and bolts of it out, but, but, uh, um, what do you think about that? If we do one, we'll say, I don't know. And I'm thr- this is, th- do not quote me on this, okay? I'm just giving you an example, alright? But let's say Cleveland or Akron or something like that. And then, uh, then we'll say a few months later, I don't know, somewhere in the middle of the country, and then a few months later in the south, because, you know, it's always some place that's hard to get to, and or it's always in the south, or it's always, you know, it's so it's, it's trying to. We're, we're we're trying to work it out, but wouldn't it be fun? I just think it'd be great. Um. So, Steve, I've been talking with him, and I've been talking with Pastor Langford, and we've been we've been talking to we've been thinking about doing that, and I think we will and I think also in addition to that bringing in a couple of others that would uh, work well together you know we could work with to deliver a great message I'm just I'm really excited about that when when Steve said yeah you know okay I'm open to it of course uh and I had to talk to him. He, well you know Steve. You know, you know Steve Steve. right? I love him. I mean he's my brother, as is Pastor uh, David Langford. Um, but when I we finally convinced him, I said, Steve, you gotta do this, brother. You you gotta you just gotta. And uh so so that's what we're planning. We're planning for twenty seventeen. I'm I'm excited about that. I'd like to hear your thoughts, just send me an email. Seriously, just send an email to the studio. Go to the studio at Hagman, or, uh, just go to HagmanReport.com or Hagman and Hagman and send an email to the studio. And let me know your thoughts. And what I'll do is I'll pass them along to both Steve, uh, Steve Quell and Pastor Langford. Make them feel good, I, I, I think. Can you tell it's Friday? It's a, first Friday, or it's the, uh, last day of the work week of the, first week of the new year but uh i just wanted to make sure i got all of that out yes we're following again folks joining us late yes we're following the shooting in fort lauderdale at the airport there esteban santiago yes we're looking at the various aspects of this yes it's a kind of a weird situation we will be uh, once we have all of the information reporting on that uh with authority Yes, we're following other stories that include this prelude to war, which I believe is taking place with Russia, and so many other things. Coming up next is John rappaport You know him. No more fake news. dot com. It's real news. No more fake news. dot com. John Rapaport, investigative reporter. I've been following his work for a number of years. Can't wait for that. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman Report. Don't forget bookmark HagmanReport.com. That's HagmanReport.com, as well as Hagman and Hagman.com. The latter, of course, for show information. The former, for news information analysis. We're right right backstage. We're at. Hagman report. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us. Thank you for so much for your belief and trust in us. You know, the the independent media to me is the most important. We really need the independent media, and we need to be above reproach, and we need to be right on the money. We need to be uh, uh, we need to be good. We really do. And one of the individuals I have got a lot of respect for is someone who's been around a lot. And he has a website, obviously, nomorefakenews.com. He's the author of a number, shall I say books? I mean, he's an investigative reporter, John Rappaport. He's worked as a freelance investigative reporter for the last three decades. Um, He is a man, again, I've followed his work. I've been a fan of his work. Go to nomorefakenews.com. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's he appeared everywhere. If you don't know who he is, then you've been living under a rock for the last, I don't know, for the last decade and a half or more than that. He, he's got a good presence on, on across social networking. And again, no more fake news.com. It's the real news. I've just been waiting all week. Uh, really, this is like the highlight of my week to, to actually get to, to speak with John Rappaport. So with that, John, Mr. Rappaport, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report.
0: Thank you very much. Good to be here.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, you've got my, uh, you've got my admiration for the decades of work that you've done in combating, um, the fake news long before it was ever fake news or labeled as such and you're an intrepid investigative reporter and I thank you for that and I really appreciate uh, again all you've done and all your hard work in exposing the the misdeeds of people Um, having said that uh, your website no more fake news Um, you've got uh, some I believe some books Uh, if you want to just offer the individuals who are part of our audience or who are our audience that maybe don't know 100% about you, if you want to just give a little bit of an introduction of yourself, I'd really appreciate
0: it. Sure. Well, I started off as a reporter in 1982 in Los Angeles, mostly writing for a weekly newspaper, L.A. Weekly, and things just expanded out from there through many different outlets. And uh, medical stories, medical research fraud that was where I really cut my teeth I guess you could say but long around uh, 1987-1988 I began to feel that no press outlets really wanted to do a deep exploration of fake news as it was happening in major media nor were they very interested in the question of who's really running the government, who's running the planet big questions like that. So I began to kind of uh, move away from all of this. And so when I became aware of the Internet around 2000 and its power, I decided to start my website, which I did in 2001. And since then, I've really been away from the mainstream or even what was then alternative media mm-hmm. and just writing and publishing and investigating on my own and uh, that's what I've been doing all these years
1: and, and you, you've you've gotten you have written some uh, tremendous uh, just tremendous books uh, and, and articles of course uh, in fact folks go to HagmanReport.com there uh, is a report by Mr. Rappaport links back to his website, but the title of, of it is 10 Basic Forms of Fake News Used by Major Media. And, and of course, go to his bio page and his book page on Amazon. Uh, he's written some books from Oklahoma City Bombing to the ownership of All Life, the secret, uh, behind secret societies, just to name a couple. So, a uh, prolific author as well. And and, th- and thanks for offering that little background there. Uh, I, think it, I think it puts 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 things in perspective. And you've been around a long time, so you've seen a lot. Um, what's on your heart? I know that we we have we have we're going to talk about globalism versus populism. Where do you want to start, Mr. Rappaport? You're you I kind of defer to you as the expert because you've been around and you're the consummate professional. So I'm going to kind of let you direct this this uh, our conversation here a little bit uh, because I think that would do our listeners and viewers a much better service. So where do you want to start?
0: Sure. Okay. Well, I would say that in my experience in talking to many reporters and editors over the years, one of the biggest forms of fake news uh, that's around is what intelligence agencies call a limited hangout. That is when a scandal is threatening to erupt, usually involves crimes of some kind being committed by people that everybody knows about, politicians, maybe medical bureaucrats, people who are in the public light in some way or another. And so major media can't really ignore it completely or black it out or censor it or shut it down. So they do what's called a limited hangout, which means they write a piece or they broadcast a piece that sort of confesses to a mistake, an error, a partial acknowledgement of the truth is what a limited hangout really is. Mm -hmm. It buries the deeper crimes. It doesn't expose those. And the strategy is, well, if we give this a kind of a brush-off, and we can even kind of trumpet it and say... You know, mistakes were made, a pharmaceutical company released a drug that injured many people, and so on and so forth. But we're not really going to get into the deeper aspect of the stories, which is, for example, uh, uh, by one study that I cite frequently, the medical system kills 225,000 people a year in the U.S. like clockwork. We're never Mm -hmm. going to touch that one. So we'll give it a partial airing. And then what we hope for is that if we just ignore the story after that, shut it down, pretend that it never really happened, people will be satisfied and they'll go away and uh, they will forget about it too and we can just move on to other things. And then if it's ever brought up again, we can say, well, we covered that. Don't you remember we wrote a story about this, that, and the other thing and so on? That is one of the principal covert Strategies of major media that people should be aware of. And you have to kind of get a feel for it. You have to read a lot of stories and look at it through that lens and you begin to see, wow, yeah, this is what they're doing. They're giving us a piece of a story. They're giving us a little bit. It's kind of like a teaser or a trailer for a movie, but then there is no movie, you know, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> right, never opens and uh, so I would start there and say keep your eye out for that and the other thing which I would put up alongside that is the strategy of creating what looks like a consensus that is stories that purport to say Everybody knows or the experts all agree on such and such and so and so. And that story does not just appear in one media outlet, say like the New York Times, but it enters what uh, I and other people would call the echo chamber. The Washington Post follows up, the L.A. Times, CBS, NBC, the usual actors. They all pick up on the story. They all create this sense, for example, like they're doing now with the Russian hack of the election, that indeed it must be so because there is a consensus, and if you want to look for it, all you have to do is surf around and see how all the major media outlets are repeating the same story, when in fact there really is no consensus. It's manufactured. Because the CIA has not really offered us any specific evidence that the Russians in some way attempted to influence the election in favor of Trump. There are counter stories from other people who say, for example, that the email account of John Podesta, you know, a 10 year old could have hacked into that. It was so easy to get in. There was no security, et cetera, et cetera. But these stories are shunted off to the side because they don't fit the consensus. And there are very knowledgeable people, for example, ex-CIA, that media outlets could bring on an interview, and those people would say that it's highly improbable that Russia did in fact hack the election or in any way attempt to influence it in the favor of Trump. But those people don't get a voice because the consensus that's fake has to be manufactured and sustained over a period of time to make uh, what the media will hope is a majority of people believe the story. So the fake consensus is something that in my 30-plus years of reporting is something that I've seen done over and over and over again. Science and medicine are two major areas where you will get claims of this or that, Uh, for example. I wrote a number of stories immediately challenging the view that the Zika virus was really the cause of this birth defect called microcephaly, which was an echo chamber story in which every public health agency and doctors and other so-called experts manufactured a consensus that this was the case. And that everybody agreed, and there couldn't be any doubt, and so on and so forth. And then, of course, now they've walked back the story, but that's consigned to page 16. It's not in the same league, you know. So these are a couple of the big things that I would say people should watch out for in the news
1: okay and so going back to your original statement your reference to a limited hangout i've covered this in our broadcast earlier broadcast um because i think this is so important when we talk about a limited hangout just to revisit this momentarily here um of course you know once more folks it's it's a public relations or a propaganda technique and i think everyone needs to understand this that involves the release of Oh, just partial or even maybe previously hidden information in order to prevent a greater exposure to the more uh, the more important details that are less obvious but significantly more important than what was released and it's it, it's the deception and misdirection and cover up uh, you know that's the key among the intelligence agencies. Now having said that, as it applies to fake news, Mr. Rapoport, uh I was intrigued by, for example, the evolution, the establishment and evolution uh, of prop or not, that that website of dubious, uh, you know, I'm not sure where that came from, but it received the imprimatur of the Washington Post and only seemingly the Washington Post. To me, and I'll see if you agree, do you look at that website, for example, that lists the 200 or so, it's always evolving the names of those uh fake news sites is, is that could that be in your estimation qualifies as a limited hangout
0: sure, absolutely okay. because in that case, what we're seeing there is people have to understand the context. All the major media were wrong about the election. they had gigantic amounts of egg on their face not only were they predicting that Hillary Clinton would win the election, but they were supporting her to the hilt. It was right out front. Anybody could see that. And then, on election night, it was an absolute disaster for them. So, they had to look around and find a limited hangout that would explain or cover over, in this case, their own sheer incompetence and failure to win the White House for Hillary Clinton. And so suddenly out of nowhere appears this extremely dubious website that you mentioned and the Washington Post grabbing onto it with desperation to claim that somehow all of these fake news sites by spreading disinformation were the real source Of Hillary Clinton losing the election that was a cover-up a limited hangout it was several different things all at once but it was an attempt to deflect (laughs) attention and blame from themselves because they were the ones that were really culpable in all of this and so in that sense it was surely a limited hangout okay and
1: very well explained. Thank you for that. You know it's it's interesting and, and folks go to HagmanReport.com and and read the uh, very uh, and absolutely incredibly well written piece by John Rappaport of the ten basic forms of fake news used by major media. and And of course, we just cut, we just talked about limited hangout and then of course, uh, the consensus now. And it's interesting too, and you've you've broken many stories um about uh about matters of health in fact in the spring of o nine the who uh, talking about the swine flu it was a level six pandemic of course and and on and on and on um, but it's amazing too that the that technique that consensus technique uh it can also apply to if we kind of take a swing back to the Russian Russian hacking uh Allegations, uh, Mr. Rep. I, I watched, and I, I got to ask your for your opinion on this. I watched the uh, the the hearings with uh, the uh, DNI Clapper, his uh, military aide, um, Mike—I uh, um, can't remember his last name—and Lindsey Graham and others, and bringing forth all of this information about the Rus- Russian hacking. We, we uh, sir, what is your take on this, and, and why are we seeing this, and what's the what's the end game here that they're trying to do i mean is it war or is it i mean i'm trying to, i'm trying to understand this
0: yeah it's it's a puzzle for sure i think that this is uh, yet another version of what we were just talking about for one thing we the major media have to find someone other than ourselves to blame for what happened in the election we have to say That somehow the election was illegitimate and therefore we, the major media were not wrong. We had it right and we would have been right except for the fact that this, you know, evil force, (laughs) you know, (laughs) interceded and swung the election away from the actual winner, which would have been Hillary Clinton and handed the election to Donald Trump. And so we will focus on Russia, the evil empire, and we will claim that they were responsible for doing all of this. And of course, you can see that it's the story is extremely vague and fuzzy and blurry right from the beginning, because they started using this phrase, hack the election, hack the election. Another case of trying to build a consensus in this way by just using that phrase over and over again. And then you stop and you say, well, what does this really mean? I mean, are they saying that Russia actually manipulated the voting machines because that's what hack the election normally means? And then you investigate it. No, that's not really what they're saying. They're saying that Russia hacked the emails of Hillary Clinton, John Podesta, the Democratic National Committee, and then fed that information to WikiLeaks, who released it, and then that influenced the election in favor of Donald Trump. But even that story is absurd and insane, because it ignores the question of, why would these leaked emails have swung the election away from Hillary Clinton? Because of the content in the emails that were leaked. But they (laughs) don't want to talk about that. I mean, if these were harmless emails talking about uh, brunch on Sunday and picnics in the park, no one would have cared. But they were devastating in their impact talking about, Uh, swinging the primaries away from Bernie Sanders and illegally moving them, uh, you know, to Hillary Clinton and so on and so forth. Many things in these emails, the Clinton Foundation, corruption there and so on and so forth. So to me, on one level, this was the major media, again, picking out an enemy and inventing the enemy and targeting the enemy, in this case Putin and Russia, in order, again, to divert attention away from their own horrendous failure uh, to win the election for Hillary Clinton or to even predict the outcome of the election. But further than that, I would say there is an attempt and there has been an attempt underway to try to create greater friction between Russia and the United States that could lead to a military confrontation of some kind Hmm. and create a disaster of magnitude, which would then engage Trump as soon as he moves into the White House and make it impossible for him to try to initiate the reforms that he's planning because he has to untangle this entire situation. And also to rally the troops, the Democratic liberal troops, to say we now know that the election was completely illegitimate and so therefore we have yet another reason to sustain our attack against Trump for the next four years, whatever happens, because we know that our girl Hillary should really have won the election, etc., cetera. Et cetera. So all of those become motives here.
1: Certainly no lack of motives, um, to be sure. In your experience, your vast experience, um, and you're well-respected, of course, among your peers and and among the, uh, uh, you're extremely well-respected. In fact, folks, uh, uh, Mr. Rappaport, he was a candidate for U.S. Congress the 29th, uh, District of California uh, he was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize he's worked as an investigative reporter you know, for, for longer than many listeners have been alive so you've seen a lot have you seen anything like what we're seeing play out now today in D.C. and, and just basically
0: globally I mean
1: it, it's got to be it's, it's crazy
0: never seen it before completely unique as far as I'm concerned in terms of the (laughs) attack on an elected president before he even takes office for one thing and the attempt to overturn overthrow the election I mean if you just want to focus on one thing the attempts to threaten the electors of the electoral college not just influence, which would be bad enough, but actually threaten them to change their votes away from Trump to Clinton. I mean, that's a federal crime of magnitude, and yet we have heard zero about any investigation at the federal level. And that's just one thing out of many that are happening here. I think what's going on here at the root is that at least by his words we will see what his actions are when he's inaugurated but by everything that trump said during the campaign he was a directly attacking globalism exposing it as no presidential candidate has ever done and at the same time running his campaign directly against major media by simply brushing them off as uh, idiots and criminals and getting away with it. So here is a candidate who is nullifying the effect of the Ministry of Truth in major media (laughs) and at the same time saying about globalism that there are elites people behind the scenes who have been manipulating this country for a very long time and torpedoing the economy as one of their major targets by sending jobs overseas by allowing corporations to just pick up and go overseas and throw huge numbers of people out of work and then exporting those products that they make with slave labor back into the U.S. and paying no tariffs whatsoever. He indicted all the trade treaties. He said he was going to cancel the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which is a major globalist treaty sure. that now people are saying is dead because of the election of Trump. This, uh, I have never seen anything like that before. And the response to me is understandable when you realize the depth of his attack during the campaign against the Ministry of Truth, which is basically the voice of globalism, and to the actual agenda of globalism, which is to reduce and destroy economies of advanced nations all over the world as a prelude to a grand planetary takeover, which I know is it's a big claim, but I believe it's absolutely true.
1: Well, oh, and and yes, and you've spoken about this, and, and through your many interviews, of course, and um, exactly. And on the other side of the break here, folks, we're we're coming up at, uh, to the break here. On the other side, uh, we'll be we'll be really hammering into. With our final segment with uh, Mr. Rappaport, globalism versus a populist movement, just kind of really hitting that hard, as well as the what's taking place—the widespread medical destruction of lives—very important to many of us, especially those of us who are well. We're getting up there in age, and uh, it's an, it's an important topic that's not covered. Only John Rappaport can cover it the way. It needs to be covered, folks, really. You're listening to the Hagman and the Hagman Report, our very special guest, Mr. John Rappaport. So lucky to have him. We really appreciate his gracious gift of time. And, of course, his website is no more news.com Check it right out. Folks, we'll be right back. Stay right where you're at. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Reporter, a very special guest, Mr. John Rappaport. You know him. Everyone knows him. He's a a man that garners incredible respect. He's a man of integrity and character, in my view. He's the author of three explosive collections, The Matrix Revealed, Exit from the Matrix and Power Outside the Matrix. And he's He's been nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. He's worked as an investigative reporter for 30 years. Longer than that, writing articles on politics, medicine, and health for CBS Health Watch, LA Weekly, and I can go on and on and on. But you get the idea. He's, uh, he is the cream of the crop, in my view, when it comes to reporting and, uh, reporting the truth. That's m- most importantly. One thing I, I want to direct people's attention to is The Matrix Revealed. If you go to, and, and folks, just go to, uh, uh, HagmanReport.com. There, uh, pull up the uh, description for tonight, and you'll find a link to the Matrix Revealed. This is an amazing and an amazing product that will educate you beyond your your wildest expectations. It's 200 megabytes of information, over 1,100 pages of text. It's ten and a half hours of audio, and he, and and Mr. Rappaport is included. Uh, two bonuses, extraordinary bonuses, and you can read about it. Just go ahead and follow the links until you get to the Matrix Revealed, and and what an incredible product it is. If you want to know the truth, and we we you know what we need to know the truth, and and one one thing too I like about this just real real quick is he gets into uh, he, he provides in this package his complete eighteen lesson course about logic and analysis and that is worth a lot. i mean that's worth a lot especially today when such logic and analysis is not being taught and if you want to be if you're aspiring to be a citizen journalist this is it man i mean so the matrix revealed and um, that's a fantastic product and i want to thank uh, mr rappaport for for having that package put together uh but let's get back to uh, mr rappaport here we've got about uh, we we only have about uh, twenty six minutes left, or in in the segment. So, I just want to turn it over to you: uh, globalism versus uh, populist movement in the widespread uh, uh, medical destruction of lives. I'm just going to turn it to you, and you tell us where we should focus our attention on over the next uh, uh, during this segment.
0: Sure. Well, to me, what populism really means. Is that there is a large group of people very large it's a movement and in this case it's a movement about freedom it's a movement that has to do with the way that the American Republic was founded the documents the Constitution the idea of severely limited government and therefore the greatest possible amount of individual freedom that was the basis of all of those ideas and it still is. And we can go back in time in, and I'm just talking about recent time, a great many people focused around the campaign of Ross Perot, a great many people focused around the campaign of Ron Paul, and then a great many people focused around the campaign of Donald Trump. In every case To me, the movement itself, which includes this program that we're talking on now, many independent media outlets all over the world, the movement is the most important thing. It's people who are waking up to the notion that our legacy and our civilization is being stolen right out from under us. And that the values on which that legacy is based or are based is starts with individual freedom. Hmm. And that globalism is the main actor in trying to destroy that tradition, that legacy, that present, that future. And it's headed up by people who have been operating for a very long time in every institution of society with the aim of putting the planet under one global management system, sometimes called a new economic order, the new world order. And I and others have pointed out in the past that one of the major groups behind this is the Rockefeller Uh, created trilateral commission which was created in 1973 and if you think that that was an ancient organization as author Patrick Wood has pointed out there are 87 people who live in the United States who are members of this elite trilateral commission and Barack Obama appointed 11 of them to key positions in his administration Mm. Their idea, their whole force is no more sovereign nations, no more borders, no more nationalism, no more independence of the individual, but instead a completely engineered society from top to bottom which pretends that there isn't enough to go around for everybody, especially in terms of energy, that people will eventually be assigned various energy quotas of consumption in order to limit their freedom and their mobility, that people and society and government will be handed over to technocrats who will create a machine, a global machine, And the populist movement has been waking up to various aspects of this by degrees for a long time. And with Trump's overt attack on globalism during his campaign, people are now realizing that they have been co-opted and taken over and that freedom hangs in the balance. And this... I believe this movement, which is backed and is explained and described and analyzed by independent media outlets all over the world, is now coming to be the most powerful movement in the world. Brexit was an example of that. England decided to exit from the European Union. The European Union is just one branch office of globalism. We are now seeing that uh, possibly happening in France, maybe Italy. You saw the vicious attacks that were launched against people who wanted in England to exit from the European Union. You see vicious attacks launched against people who want to cancel a trade treaty like NAFTA or the Trans-Pacific Partnership. You see major media outlets trying to obscure all of this, but it is coming to the foreground, and it's about time.
1: It's it, yeah. And it's interesting you classify or you mention the movement, because a lot of people focus on one individual, of course Trump. Um, when it's bigger than Donald Trump, it's bigger than any one person it is this movement that uh, you know that, that you talk about um what i find fascinating and equally disturbing are the people that when you talk about uh, whether it be this fight against the globalism uh or in any of its sub-context or even the, the brexit move you, you see people who are mobilized they've got signs they're 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 protesting whether it's brexit trump or what trump stands for I, 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 these aren't organic spontaneous protests in my view they're they're organized by the people behind this and i, I don't want to sound so obvious you know however i think it's important for people to understand at least in my view that uh the pushback that, that that we are seeing is um is a real pushback because I I, th- I think we have the globalists on the ropes it, because of people like yourself who have been exposing this for so long, in hopefully programs like ours. Isn't I mean, th- th- so two formidable. Absolutely forces. agreed.
0: Absolutely yeah. agreed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is not just all of a sudden people congregate you know, somewhere in a street corner or block traffic on a a highway. This is well orchestrated, organized, and funded by people like George Soros, international financier, and others who are determined to forward the globalist agenda. Of course, they don't say that. They don't talk about it in those terms. But that's what they're doing. Chaos is their friend. They promote it at every opportunity because they recognize that there is an age-old formula that every tyrant has used since the dawn of time, and that is you engender chaos and destruction, and then you assume that people are going to react to that in fear and say, do whatever you have to. Just do whatever you have to to stop this and give us back our security. We don't care about our freedom. Benjamin Franklin, I mean, if you want to go back, talked about this. It's not a secret by any means. Trading freedom for security and you end up with neither. But that's the formula of the people who are sponsoring and funding the violence that we see. They want to create chaos. They want it to increase so that the crackdown on it becomes that much more credible and acceptable to people. They don't care who's doing it. Just make things safe again, and we will give up basically everything we've got for that. That's the formula, and it is definitely... Being orchestrated now, you will see it play out on the day of the inauguration. It's going to happen in some form or another. We don't know how extreme it's going to be, but it's going to be there for sure.
1: John, are you are you concerned um, about the well? The, are you concerned at all uh, about the safety? Of uh, of Donald Trump in in the larger sense. I mean, I know there there's always wackos out there, are, but I mean, f- from a globalist position, hey, we've got to get rid of this guy. Um, or or is I that am. okay? All
0: right, I am, I am mm. definitely. Mm. Anything could happen. All right,
1: and, and yeah, I that's wrote, my point uh, too. Yeah, Go yeah. Ahead. What
0: I wrote, I think maybe six months ago, maybe more, was. The globalists, when they sensed that there was a good chance that Trump was going to win, contrary to what the rigged polls were showing and so forth, their attitude was and generally is, look, we can make a deal. We'll make a deal with this man. We'll make many deals. We'll ask him what he wants. We'll tell him what we want. And we'll come to some kind of understanding here so that his presidency does not really detract from the onward march of our globalist agenda. That would be our our first step. Mm -hmm. But if that doesn't work, if he really is the kind of maverick that he claims to be, and he really does cross serious swords with us, then we have to go to more extreme measures so i don't rule out assassination by any stretch of the imagination anything could happen he knows it the people around him know it they understand the stakes here it just remains to be seen what kind of presidency we're going to see and uh... we have to we have to look at that and see what he's actually going to do but it's on the table, no question about it.
1: Okay, and and that's a fair yeah. I'm I'm right there with you with respect to to the uh, the future, and uh, it, it it does remain to be seen. You know, this is off the script. We have not spoken about this, and uh, but I want to ask you this because I, again, I've got a lot of respect for you. Your work it speaks for itself. Um, again, you're 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 an experienced. Investigative journalist, Pulitzer Prize nominee. I mean, you, you. And people can can obviously go to your website, uh, uh, folks. It's linked off of HagmanReport.com. Uh, read your books as well. Of course, no more fake news.com. This is your website. Read your books. The Matrix Revealed. I think is one of the most uh, comprehensive works in existence. Uh, but having said all of that, I, I want to ask you a personal question, uh, Mr. Rappaport Given your experience, vast experience, and all the good that you have done for the so-called truth movement, and if I may, what are you most proud of? Because you've done so much good. What are you most proud of uh, out of all of the, uh, the years that you've been doing, what you've been doing?
0: Well... Nobody's ever asked me that question before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want to put you uh, on a
1: spot. And, no, that's it's
0: not. It's a good question. <laughs> I would say when I see people waking up as a result of something that I've written and they let me know about it, that to me is uh, very satisfying because that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to do it in a way that actually empowers people as opposed to putting them into a state of depression. Because there's kind of a fine line there. You can pile up so much uh, investigation and exposure of the bad things and the bad guys who are doing the bad things that people feel that there's nothing that can be done. Sure, And that was never my intention or my motive. So Not only do I remind people about that, but I try to present what I'm exposing in a way that says, look, these guys, the bad guys, they are trying to paint a giant mural on a giant wall that they call reality. And they want you to stand there and look at it and accept it as the one and only reality that's their job that's what they do if you see through that enough and I'm trying to do everything I can to show you that that's what they're doing and it's a false picture they're painting then you can flip and say well if that's what they're doing then maybe I have the power to Create a different reality, a better reality, something that is more long lasting and liberating for myself, my family, and others around me. And if enough people do that, we have a transformation of society. And so that's the way I try to present everything that I do. And when people respond to that, then I know that it's clicking that's where i'm coming from and that's what i want to see happen and when it does i would say that's the thing that i'm most proud of
1: wow and and you you are leaving uh and have left and i mean if you decided just to play golf from now on (laughs) i i i think your legacy um would be just that and and uh, you know I, I hear from so many people who are afraid you know I, I get emails almost on a daily basis oh my goodness i've never been so afraid uh you know what can we do it just seems so depressing we can't do anything but as mr rappaport said ladies and gentlemen uh yes we have that power and and it's it's a really it's marvelous that that you point that out that you have you have uh, informed people to the extent where they can use that information as a weapon against the, uh, the attempted subjugation uh, of the populace. And uh, you are to be commended. I, and it's not, not false flattery. It's just s- simple fact. Um, okay. Wow.
0: I appreciate nice. that. Thank you.
1: Well, you know what, and you deserve, I mean, you deserve the accolades because I just, I, I've been looking at your, and again, I've followed your work for, for some time, and I just appreciate everything you've done. Um, speaking of your work, and I, we, we have about uh, oh, about six minutes left here. Um, do you want to get into a little bit about uh, the uh, medical destruction that's, that's taking place, or uh, do you want to go in a different direction? up to
0: you. No, that's fine. I'll try to capsulize it. This is, uh, as I mentioned at the top, how I really got into reporting in depth in the 1980s. Not sure why it happened that way, but that's the way it uh, played out. July 26, 2000, Journal of the American Medical Association, Dr. Barbara Starfield, a revered public health expert at Johns Hopkins School of Public Health. Everybody's credentials up and down the line were mainstream and meticulous, et cetera, et cetera. And she wrote a review called, Is U.S. Health Really the Best in the World? And concluded, as I said before, that the U.S. medical system kills 225,000 people a year by clockwork. That would be... 2.25 million deaths per decade now I have written about this I interviewed dr. Starfield uh, in 2009 I believe it was shortly before she died I have found other studies and other authors who corroborate or go even beyond her uh, conclusions and this is all flying under the radar and we are talking about, of course, medical drugs. We are talking about mistreatment and errors in hospitals. Those are the two primary sources. And we are talking about literally millions of people who are not directly killed by the medical system, but are maimed and disabled permanently, severely. All of this is taking place out of the view of the public not covered or investigated by mainstream media and I'm not even talking now about vaccine damage, that's a separate subject so I have focused on this uh, to a great extent over the last 25 years to alert the public to what is going on in hopes that The movement that I spoke of a little bit earlier will expand to include this as well, that we have to take a completely different view of health, medical cartel, as I call it, what natural health really is, how people can put back together their own health. This is a gigantic subject, but... I've just given you a brief uh, kernel here at the root of it because the destruction is felt by people everywhere, but it is not being reported on by so-called respected news outlets. And so the general public has not yet arisen in uh, outrage at what is actually going on. I would add one more factoid to that. All of these medical drugs that are so destructive are certified as safe and effective by the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, which is one of the titanic rogue agencies that has existed within the federal government for a very long time. And no one at the federal level takes responsibility for any of this. They know what's happening. They are aware of the numbers that I just gave you. The FDA is aware of these numbers, et cetera, et cetera. And there has never been a significant investigation of any of this at the federal level. So it is a gigantic cover-up, and it needs to be exposed to the general public.
1: Indeed. Uh, indeed it does. In, our, in the minute we have left here... Um, where can people go to find out more about that of which you speak with respect to this topic? Uh,
0: the simplest but- thing they could do, aside from just going to com, is just go to a search engine, type in my name, type in Starfield, for example, S-T-A-R, field, and they will find any number of articles that I've written about this. And we'll see the citations, the facts and figures, what's been happening, and they will understand. They could also type in my name and then follow that with psychiatry, and they would also be stunned to discover what's been going on in that uh, cesspool for a very long time. Man, I've so read that. those were two easy things. Uh,
1: yeah, and I, I've read what you've written about about psych and, and, folks, that is... <laughs> That'll keep you busy for more than a more than a few <laughs> hours, uh, Mr. Rappaport, I just want to say thank you so very much. You know, uh, I just I really really appreciate your gift of time, and uh, I really think that uh, you, talk, you talk about stellar that this. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to be able to say that uh, that I've been able to to speak and interview you, and I think our audience is is just uh, so much better for it. But but please. Hopefully, you'll come back on again, and we
0: can... Anytime, uh, and I want to thank you, too, uh, for being extremely gracious. I've really enjoyed this conversation, and uh, I rank it right at the top of uh, conversations that I've had on radio programs, and and I really appreciate your taking the time to talk with me.
1: That means a lot, sir. God bless you. Thank you so very much, and we'll speak again. Folks, that was Mr. John Rappaport. All right. Mr. John Rappaport, his website, no more, no more fake news. You can learn a lot, and, and his his books. And I'm going to tell you, his this project, The Matrix Revealed, what a great assembly of information, folks. We're going to be right back. Stay right where you're at. Yeah. if I could uh, sit down and have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a glass of water or whatever it might be with each and every one of you listening right now, I would love to do that. I really would. I'm not, I'm not a huggy person, you know, a hug -hug type person. I'll give you a fist bump. How's that? Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. Each and every one of you for, for hanging with, with, uh, hanging in there with us and and for listening to this program and i really hope at the end of the day at the end of the broadcast each and every one of you leave more edified with more information more more informed and more inspired than when you arrived and if if that's the case then mission accomplished i i, I really think that you know i i'm i i just uh I really am I'm so thankful today I'm thankful to to our listeners to each and every one of you I'm thankful to each and every one of you who have supported us whether it's by way of a a note in the mail we read them all or an email we read them all a prayer we feel those Or, or your financial support we certainly appreciate those as well so we can keep the lights on and Eric fed, and, uh, no, seriously, so we can, so we can meet expenses, and we want to say thank you. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, and and I, and I truly mean that, and you know, we're all going through, uh, challenges, and in one way or another, and I'm convinced of this, as we, as we enter into 2017, the, the challenges that we're going through, um, Are substantial. It's not. No. 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 It's not about Donald Trump. No. I'm talking about. uh, We're we're seeing this world change. Are we not? And this is something our next guest is going to be talking about. Let me ask everyone out there: Have you heard of Vessel News? No. Yes. Vessel News. How about this? V e s s e l. That's a V-Victor, E-Edward, S-Sam, S-Sam, E-Edward, L-Lima, Vessel News. How about VesselNews.io? Have you heard about that? Well, if you haven't, you've come to the right place. And even if you have, you've come to the right place. Vessel News is an up-and-coming, very popular, very effective news website. If you if you go to I love this you go to their their about us actually I'm going to say his, Josh Kaplan if you go to his about us, two words, <laughs> two words that are my my favorite words too, unafraid and inspired. Vessel News is a different kind of news destination, redefining the right-wing media narrative by combining America's most transformative phenomena anti-establishment conservative politics, and technological innovation. Uh, Vessel News is a lightning bolt for exposing the leftist agenda who seek to steal our freedom of speech. Oh man, have you got that right? Folks, you know. Okay, you know I've been blowing gaskets all week about that. Our right to bear arms, that's right. And refuse to call by name the enemies of our way of life radical Islamic terrorists. Amen, amen, and amen. And and I'll tell you the man behind Vessel News, when John sent me some information, a picture, as a matter of fact, okay, of Josh Kaplan, he's the founder and editor chief of Vessel News. Uh, playing chess with, um, uh, with the uh, who, who's the Chia pet head of North Korea? Who's that guy? Kim Jong Un, right? Uh, no, I, I'm I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Well, I, I, he wasn't playing chess with Kim Jong but no, he he actually um, yeah, <laughs> he actually he actually went to North Korea, okay and not with uh that basketball player not with that guy no i i think i think josh uh, jettisoned of a uh back of a 727 or something b52 anyway uh it, it's just it's just a fun story go to vesselnews.io um he is not an up and well he's i shouldn't say up and coming he's he's a formidable news source and if, if this website is not on your favorites list put it on right now vesselnews.io josh did i do you well did i do do i do okay introducing you
2: that was that was absolutely incredible i mean i could i could go now that was just <laughs> quite unbelievable thank you so much for having me well well, th- well
1: thanks for thanks for um I think sort of agreeing to be in our program, uh, John, the program director, and I were talking about you and about vessel news and just about all the things you're doing and have done. And and uh, I finally said, "Man, I got to get him on because our our listeners will appreciate the the the, the, the first of all youth, but wisdom." Okay. Uh, now I'm not I'm not flattering you here. I'm just I'm just uh, my observations. You are young, vibrant, but, man, unafraid and inspired. You got that right. You're kicking butt, taking names. You've got a great website. You're uh, putting together some news that, that others won't touch. You're on top of everything. And uh, I got to tell you, man, uh, it's one of my f- new favorite websites. So, anyway, having said all of that, uh where do, where do we start my my man where where do we start here
2: Well I think we should we should begin um as to how I came across uh, the idea of launching Vessel News Good. uh which yeah that, that that to me has been you know something that's been so many years in the making I'm uh I'm 28 years old but this is actually been a, a process that has started um, around the time that Barack Obama was running for the presidency.
1: Okay. Um,
2: you you had alluded to in your introduction that Vessel News, you correctly stated so, uh, is attempting to bring forth news that is unafraid and inspired. And when I saw the rise of Barack Obama and the entire world looking at him in not only high political terms, but almost a prophetic uh, understanding of him, uh, I wanted to, in an unafraid manner, learn more about who this individual was. And as I dug deeper into his past, it was evident to me that not only should Barack Obama not become president, um, but... That this is somebody that espouses an ideology that is so dangerous uh, and so pervasive throughout Western civilization that anybody with a voice and a platform should fight against the ideas put forth not only by him, but the rest of the globalist cabal. And this has been a process for close to, you know, it's going on eight years now uh, that he's been the president. Um, so the common thread uh, throughout my career, which is spanned uh, both in university, grad school, uh, private equity, real estate, uh, and then a stint in the food and beverage industry, uh, politics, the intersection of media and politics has been a place that I've always operated on. And I came to a point one day uh, where I was looking at, like everybody else, the election. And we're at a fork in the road, a tipping point. And where, you know, not only where is America going to go politically, but where is the entire world uh, going to be heading? And I wanted to not only contribute my voice individually, but to be able to give inspiring and unafraid news to millions of people. So I launched Vessel News uh, knowing that we were facing a battle that many believed, even Donald Trump didn't believe up until the very moment that he actually got confirmation that he was going to win. Um, and that's why this, this new site has come into manifestation because we were facing such an incredible battle. I had to draw my own metaphorical line in the sand, uh, and launch this website.
1: Hmm. Okay. You, y- you mentioned, uh, and you've done a lot, by the way. Uh, I'm going to say in the last ten years, we'll just we'll just call it a decade. You've done a lot and exposed a lot through your website, through your independent research. And folks, it, it, and hopefully this is okay to say, you're based out of Canada. Can I say yep. that? I just yes. so too bad. Okay. All right. The uh, exact of Montreal. Okay. Let's give yes. Yeah. Montreal. As a matter of fact. Uh, uh, I remember going up to Montreal um made a wrong turn at uh, New York state and then the, anyway um uh, but n- nice area but but, but you yeah. you're you're into I mean you're in a sense your news although is world news I can see the um uh, the emphasis there's there's a dramatic emphasis on the west and in particularly the United States and, and US Canada and, and such but but having said that let me go back to Obama here. You mentioned something um, that I just want to touch base with you on this because I think it kind of starts in earnest with Obama, um, and and I've seen some of your your uh, articles pointing to this. Uh, we don't, uh, Josh. We don't know who in the hell Obama really is, do we? I mean, seriously, even no. after eight years, we don't know. No. How is that even possible?
2: Well, the decades of psychological conditioning by the mainstream media, uh, the uh, feminization of masculinity, um, if you amalgamate those two um, phenomena that are trending quite high right now, it leads somebody to not only not even want to address some of these facts... That to so many of us in our movement are untrue, but there are so many that don't even have the backbone to even once they see the facts laid out in front of them to even accept them. You know, I mean, we don't necessarily need to drill uh, too much into this, but this whole Russian uh, hacking scandal. A right. report just came out by an aggregate of agencies. And today uh, was one of the most jargonistic, glossed-over, you know, goppity-gooped uh, reports um, that have ever been published by the federal government. And yet, if you were to show it to the average individual walking down the street and ask them what their true feelings were on this, this is not even something that they could, you know... Psychologically, wrap their head around because the truth is just too difficult to bear.
1: And, and you know what, Josh? I, I think, and ladies and gentlemen, I do believe, Josh, you just described what VesselNews.io really is. It's it's that truth filter. It is. Um, it's. And I'll let you describe truth news the way or truth I'll let you describe vessel dot vessel news dot i o the way you'd like. but when I read what you've collected and post upon your on your website, you do it in such a way where it it really breaks through this this delusional or the fog of delusion and misinformation, for example, uh, your, your article here, WikiLeaks mocks US Intel Report, having on Russia hacking for having poor sourcing and no evidence. You know, compare that to, for example, when I opened the program earlier, I talked about um, uh, Clapper testifying before a Senate committee uh, and just being absolutely, well... It, it was. It was I'm, I'm going to put the video up. It was just. It was just an amazing thing to watch. But you break through that, and, and you're right. If you, if you ask somebody on the street about about this issue, they're clueless, even if they think they have the correct information. And that's kind of what vessel to me. That's what vesselnews.io represents. Is that uh, unvarnished? Here it is, bare bones truth. This is what the truth is. Maybe this is what you're being told, but the bottom line here's the evidence. Is that was that fair to say? It
2: that is that is the um, we'll say that's you know if there's two quadrants uh, that's that is one half of it, and the the other half of it, which um, is in my mind still a relatively new phenomenon that I'm trying to to put forward uh, into the media narrative. Uh, is that right now, uh, programs like yours and, and, and many others, whether it be the InfoWars and the Breitbarts and the, and the Drudge Reports, those have, you know, all, and, uh, you know, I, to me, the, uh, getting Donald Trump elected, I, I think was one of the most incredible team efforts, team sport efforts that I have ever seen in my lifetime, right? Every small blogger in their apartment, every person on Reddit, uh, every person out there at a rally. If you aggregate all of those efforts, I truly do believe that it's the efforts of the people that put forth uh, Donald Trump uh, to win the presidency. And so, in terms of truth-telling from a cultural and political aspect, I think that we're in the vessel news is in the same area. Now, when I use the word unafraid, or inspired. I'm actually talking about something that all those websites, many of those websites that I've just discussed do not do. And what I mean by that is, is when I amalgamate both technological innovation with anti-establishment conservative politics, what I'm doing is, is I'm bringing forth and trying to accentuate and publicize praise and laud all of the technological innovation out of silicon valley out of new york out of detroit throughout the country uh, whether at the artificial intelligence virtual reality augmented reality whether that be self-driving cars and all of these technologies have been put under a very intense microscope by the right uh, because of privacy issues and because of the fact that automation will likely wipe out large swarms of our labor force but where I actually see things differently from, I believe, most of the other uh, publications is that I actually champion uh, these technologies as a uh, one of the most clearest indications that the foundation of the Constitution is actually manifesting. Um, to me, Silicon Valley is the most conservative in many ways, uh, the most conservative city in America, and and I say that because the entrepreneurial spirit, the self developments that is imbued within that small locality, um, are so uh, are is so overlapping with the founding fathers and and the principles that are uh, enshrined in in the Constitution, and we're we're very worried that we're moving towards what I call you know what what is known as the singularity which is that artificial intelligence is growing so powerful and so intelligent that it's going to supersede anything that human beings could possibly comprehend, let alone take on. And so we see that we're trending towards this area. And much like the Founding Fathers saw that the British monarch was trending towards encroaching more and more on the you know, colonies' rights – What Vessel News is trying to do is trying to tell the right, don't be afraid of technology. Embrace technology because the very tools that that you and I are exchanging ideas and having, you know, an amazing conversation, we're utilizing technology. You're posting all of your wonderful interviews and radio shows on YouTube and then you're promoting it on Facebook and Twitter. And I have a problem with many of the things that the Mark Zuckerbergs and the Jack Dorsey's of the world do, but the tech, Technologies that they've created, which in many ways are supersede anything that we've done in the 50s out of Detroit and building cars and so on and so forth, uh, we have to uh, try to embrace uh, some of the wonderful things that technology has afforded us and not run away from it. Because if we want to maintain our privacy level, if we want to avoid having the singularity occur where artificial intelligence supersedes our own, we have to engage in technology. It's it's not something to run from. It's it's not something to fear. It's actually something that we should better uh, educate uh, ourselves on and 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 embrace uh, to a much higher degree than we're seeing. So that's why our content uh, we're not afraid to post a story about Donald Trump and then under it showcase a product by Apple, um, which you might not see on the average uh, conservative website. Um, and that's how we're. And that's how we're unafraid, and that's how I think that that we're that we're um, that we're inspired.
1: Okay, and, and it, it concerns well, not concerns me. It surprises me, I suppose, a little bit about you're describing the Silicon Valley conservative. Okay, which I can understand from an entrepreneurial kind of perspective. But to me, what I see taking place, and, and and please help me and correct me, guide me in my understanding of this. We, you you have this spirit, this unter, the spirit of of, of being an, an innovator, uh, a business owner, and then it it develops. And of course, at the root, we'll say that the product is the technology, which we all use, and we here use that technology. But then it kind of whips back, and in in whipping back, it, 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 it it's almost like a mechanism of punishment where where we're um in in our attempt to to uh, expose the truth, the people behind the power, behind the veil, we are being subjected to a censorship like we've never been before. How how, how do you comport that with, I mean, I mean. What's that about?
2: And that, that's a great question. That is the first question that's answered, uh, asked of me when I <clears throat> when I make a bold claim, like, you know, Silicon Valley is the most conservative in many ways to in America. And, that, you know, when I preface that, and I say in many ways, because uh, I believe that you and I are, are in agreement, um, when we see the likes of Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, um Changing the trending spelling words. So yesterday, uh, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter kidnapping was trending for only a short period of time, and uh, many pointed out that kidnapping was spelled incorrectly. So in terms of censorship, um, we're we're in agreement. Uh, this is a huge this is a huge concern um, now. Where I look at this, and I say, okay, we understand that Twitter is this incredible tool that billions of people have been utilizing to spread a variety of different messages, and the center of power that controls this apparatus is censoring a subset of individuals in a way in which we have never seen in the modern era. And I say to myself, well, rather than say, darn, you know, Twitter is bad news and technology is, could be, um, not only pervasive, but self-censoring by the powers that operate it. I want to inspire people to take a look at Twitter and say, that's a powerful tool. I want to create my own Twitter. I want to enable people to have their own platforms. Um, and I don't know if that's possible if we continue to put downward pressure on the uh, on the people and the companies that operate these powerful technologies because it's come to a point, and this is my personal uh, purview of this, that the technology itself and the people and the companies that operate the technology have almost become indistinguishable. And this hmm. is what deeply really yeah. concerns me. Because Twitter, if you remove Jack Dorsey, which personally has aligned himself with the leader of, of Black Lives Matter, uh, recently just um, <clears throat> Microsoft uh, had a ad where they included transgenderism and Black Lives Matter and a variety of, of other uh, progressive themes in one of their advertisements for Christmas. And I take a look at this and I say, well, you know, Bill Gates might have progressive views and might be a globalist, but gosh, the things he makes are so powerful. And let's never forget that. Um, that the things that Microsoft and Twitter and Facebook make are so powerful for us to get our messages out. And that's why I showcase the technologies uh, that these Silicon Valley entrepreneurs put out so that I could inspire other people to build their own platforms. And a perfect example of which is Cody Wilson. Cody Wilson, to me, um, who uh, is the pioneer of 3D printing guns, um he is he is operating at the epicenter of both technology and politics uh, by by coming out with his own 3D printed weaponry and and it's the, those types of people that understand that we're under attack but the very things that we're under attack by we need the technology to fight back that's who I want to inspire with Vessel News. So,
1: so VesselNews.io. What you're what you're doing, if I understand this correctly, you could perhaps you could say uh, you're taking the um, you're, you're you're taking the good that is the product of the technology and exploiting it in such a way. And, and I use that word exploiting deliberately, um, but but to exploit it for the for for good. For truth, as opposed to anything else, is that a fair statement?
2: You know what? What I would what I would say is that I think that you're you're thinking about it uh, correctly, and and maybe I would I would think about it. I think you you said it in a more succinct way. I might go on with with a few more syllables, but um, the way that I think about it is is uh, I'm, I'm actually taking back. Um, I believe that Vesla News is taking back many of the innovations that are coming out of Silicon Valley uh because had they not operated, uh, had they not manifested within the context of a capitalist system, uh I I don't see I didn't see a Twitter come out in, in the Soviet Union. Oh okay, okay. So to me, so culturally, the essence of Silicon Valley, which manifests in the terms of goods and services, is a deeply, deeply conservative thing. I mean, Ben Franklin is is the is like the first he is the Steve Jobs of his time, or I should say that that Steve Jobs is the Ben Franklin of his era.
1: Josh, hold that thought. We're up against the bottom of the hour break. I apologize for the abrupt uh, departure here. Hold that thought, and we'll be right back with Josh Kaplan, vesselnews.io. Fascinating. Stay right where you're at. And hey, welcome back, folks, to this final segment of the Hagman and Hagman report A very interesting conversation our guest is Josh Kaplan he's the man behind the founder and editor of vesselnews.io unafraid inspired that's the tagline we'll say and it's interesting he was right before the break and I apologize for the abrupt uh break there or the abruptness there kind of snuck up on uh, both Eric the tech and I um Vesselnews.io. At Vessel News, we believe today's entrepreneurs and the Founding Fathers are kindred spirits. And and this is what uh, Josh was talking about right before the break. Thinking in terms of platforms and code, it was the Founding Fathers who brought about one of the most disruptive events in human history and programmed America with some of the most important lines of code ever written, hyphen the Constitution. And when you think about that, in, in context, uh, I, the, to me, that, that he's absolutely right. And, and of course he goes on stating that it's a one-man operation run by editor-in-chief, uh, Josh, Josh Kaplan. And, and, and thank you, Josh, for that clarification because, uh, where I was, uh, succinct but all too brief. You did expand upon it as necessary. So I, I, th- I think people. So, so vessel news is kind of a, um, or how, how would you? I mean, it, it's vesselnews.io is is a different kind of a drudge report in a sense. Or it, do you want to smack me upside the head for even saying that?
2: <laughs> me, no, I want to give you. I know you said you're not a. You're not big on hugs. I want to give you a big hug though. There's okay. no higher compliment
1: well you know i'm looking at this and it's it, it the depth it, it's there's some depth here and there's a um honestly there's a uh, um n- not just the depth but a breadth about vesselnews.io and and i would urge everyone to bookmark vesselnews.io because it, it is a a, a a place for news um all right i i, I don't necessarily want to waste your time and and get bogged down in in minutiae let me just ask you uh, in today's environment sir we're seeing censorship in my view and we touched upon it earlier but we're seeing in my view we're seeing censorship that's that's based on um changing the quote narrative and i don't like even saying that phrase but changing the narrative in order to hide the misdeeds of the global people in power um Are you are are you're kind of uh, constructing a workaround on this, right? I mean, through how you do things, in a sense, or or what can you say about censorship?
2: Well, personally, Vessel News, uh, you know, I could say we've been censored. Um, Vessel News has been so Vessel News has existed. uh, I'll touch on this briefly. uh, About six months, the website has been it is six months old. I launched it myself. In uh, in July, uh, it's a one man operation. Uh, I'm curating content uh, from 7 a.m. till 1 a.m. at night. I'm doing this seven days a week, and there's nobody nobody else on the operation. Um, so this has been a completely organic uh, process that I've leveraged uh, all means of technology to try to get out uh, one of them being reddit now I want to specifically point out that uh, the Donald subreddit uh, which to me is the most one of the most important mind hives on the internet which is just an aggregate of some of the funniest most intelligent most dedicated um, many patriots, but also true uh, champions of Western civilization, people from all over the world, uh, are contributing uh, comments and uh, news articles and, and their own analysis on the subreddit, uh, the Donald. And our stuff has has been on there on a daily basis. Uh, people are submitting our links and they're getting upvoted to the front page and many people are, are, are finding out about Vessel News that way. And I constantly get emails telling me that they've been, uh, shadow banned, uh, from other, uh, subreddit groups because they posted our links. Some have actually been a little bit cross because they've been banned from Reddit because they posted, uh, you know, some of our, some of our links. And we, we may have curated that story from the Washington Post or from Breitbart. Um, but yet there seems to be a, a problem with the contents that has led for their Either suspension and or ban. I've, I've been banned uh, numerous times, uh, specifically posting a link, uh, about Dove Katz, who is a a high level engineer working at Oculus, which is a Facebook owned virtual reality company. He was recently busted for soliciting sex from an underage girl, 15 years old. I posted this link. Uh, to Reddit and was swiftly uh, suspended uh, for numerous days. Uh, I also then had someone else post the same link, and then they were uh, suspended. So there are specific, uh, we'll say, um, subjects that you know ought not make its way to Reddit. They'll get in trouble, um, and our site has has suffered uh, censorship on Reddit. And the other place is Facebook. I get people right. that email me and, and and ask me. They say, "Joshua, uh, why why is Facebook asking me uh, if I want to unlike your page?" So they'll really they'll, they'll say, "We've noticed that you've liked X, Y, and Z pages." It'll be myself and you know two other companies. Um, if you haven't, you know, if you don't remember liking these these uh, pages, we'll unlike them for you. And I've gotten numerous emails about that. So I've experienced it in some some ways.
1: Yeah, well, I have too on my personal, and I don't quite understand. I mean, well, I do understand, but it's just weird to see that. And, and you, interesting point. Um, so, so but, but yeah, so so you're fighting that censorship, censorship uh, as well. And and I would point out, folks, vessel.io, or vesselnews.io. I'm so sorry about that, vesselnews.io. It's it's really. Um, uh, again the equivalent if not uh, a deeper and uh, wider drudge report kind of uh source for news and that's my uh, 58 years worth of i mean uh, look i'm i'm am I'm a dinosaur okay when it comes to this kind of stuff but this is how i see it and uh, uh but anyway um josh I, I know that John had talked to you about you know different subjects we've got i don't know maybe uh about 20 minutes or so where do you want to go with with this conversation uh you want to talk about what next four years under trump is going to look like or what's on your heart on your mind what would you like to talk about we've got uh uh you know really tens of thousands of people listening right now uh who know you either by reputation by as you say by through reddit or other areas but uh I'm just going to kind of give you the floor and and you tell me what you'd like to, you know, where you'd like to direct the conversation.
2: I think uh, talking about new media and how Donald Trump is using new forms of media to get his message out, uh, how that's going to affect the political landscape and Guys like you and I, who are fighting against the globalists, who are trying to take on the international financial cabal, that are constantly putting downward pressure on us. So I'd like to talk about new media and Donald Trump and, and where that where that leaves um, organizations like Perfect. us.
1: Perfect, because that is I, I've been driving, or I've been really discussing or skirting around that issue. Sometimes hitting it square, square in the you know nose, or uh, uh, otherwise uh, uh, you know skirting around it uh, uh, all week. So let's get into it because this is to me one of the more important news stories that we can talk about. You start. <laughs>
2: Well, one of the things that I've been thinking about is the mainstream media's incessant negativity surrounding Donald Trump's utilization of Twitter. I've thought about this, and um, where my thoughts have, have led me uh, is that the media is not upset about Donald Trump's, the content of Donald Trump's tweets, um, but rather they're upset because the platform... Has caused many in the media to become, not only feel, but to become obsolete. Donald Trump no longer needs to go to, uh, CNN or MSNBC or, uh, the New York Times and espouse whatever views he has. He can now speak directly to the people and the, now the, the, um, the network effect of that is now you, you've got all of them, the mainstream media, along with the alternative media, then reacting to what he has to say. So as opposed to being, we'll say, the originators, the content creators, the mainstream media uh, is now being turned into by Donald Trump as mere disseminators of information, which is a fundamental shift in how they operate before they were the... the. Uh, will you know, we'll say that in the gatekeepers of information and truth, uh, and now they've been subjected, uh, to being mere orators or messengers. Um, and the way they're, they're then describing Donald Trump's tweets, um, which, you know, we don't, the way they're editorializing it is obviously, uh, <clears throat> very different as to how the average person thinks about it. So that, that's the thing that I've been, I've been thinking about is, is his tweets are fundamentally changing the nature of how the mainstream media sees itself, how it operates and, and what its true value is and how that's plummeting, uh, in this time, in, you know, in the present day.
1: You know, I'm glad you brought that up because in my office today, um, I was I, I had Fox News on, and I was surprised at the amount of time they allotted to not the as you said not the content of of the Trump tweets we'll call them, but just the mere fact that he's using and how dare he use uh, Twitter uh, as a, a president elect uh it it, it it just kind of it took me back a little bit to to, to hear the animus that was behind it this description of the president elect using this alternative media including Twitter and then the discussion also touched on his use of uh conventional means particularly YouTube for example you know how could he possibly circumvent the process and use youtube so the the are they running are they afraid the, the media are, are they afraid of losing this, this control of the narrative, so to speak?
2: They, they, they are they are concerned. and what, what's amazing, I think, again, I, I, I love to go. I, I'm trying to go deep down here and, and, and cut the issue at the root, is, is usually when um, groups of individuals get uh, squawkish against one another, it's usually because the stakes are so low. Um, and, and what I mean by that is as many in the, in the conservative movement uh, during the election, minus the never-Trumpers, were, were very... Um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll say everybody coalesced around Trump. And now that Trump has been elected, many people in the, the quote-unquote alt-right and the new right have been have been squabbling because quote-unquote the stakes are so low. It's actually something Mike Cernovich had said I thought that was uh, great insight. Um, what I'm seeing now is the media... Squabbling over the low stakes. Uh, the, the fact that he uses Twitter, uh, it's the contents that don't bother them, but it's the fact that he's expressing his views in 140 characters. So they're denigrating the character count. If Donald Trump wrote out an entire note of, you know, 2,000, 3,000 characters, posted it on Facebook as a note, he would get a different response. Notice that when his uh, campaign puts out an official a transition statement there's nowhere near as much controversy because it's a late late piece so they denigrate the number of characters they try to use size as uh, as a negative factor the second thing is they'll they'll poke on his grammar They'll, they'll insult the fact that he speaks. He, he doesn't use the king's English when he's when he's tweeting. He actually, the way he tweets, the way he he formulates uh, his tweets is almost in a, in a speaking way, uh, and they denigrate that. So the stakes are so low uh, in terms of what they're trying to peck at, uh, but never the content which is always the most important, which could move markets, which sends Boeing and Toyota and leading organization stocks to drop, Uh, they don't necessarily talk about that as much as the other things that I spoke about just now.
1: Mm. Okay, and that's an interesting observation. And I have to echo your observations as well. Um, Again, I saw that just today. Uh, very well put on, on on your on your end, and it's a, a very concise uh, evaluation of what I saw in this discussion. And, and I, I'm not even—I I think it's Shepard Smith and others, but but nonetheless. So so okay, all right. So so where do you see this going then? Um, if, if he because this is obviously a Trump administration. Is going to be something we have never seen before, using the very tools, the innovations that you spoke of earlier, um, to, 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 to the to the benefits. So, so where, where do you see all of this headed? I mean, where are we headed uh, under Donald Trump?
2: The end game for the globalists is to have Donald Trump banned from Twitter this is the end game now one of the things that i've tried to do on vessel news which to the average uh, reader may or may not be so interesting but if 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 somebody takes a, it becomes a um an avid reader of vessel news, and we always get this type of feedback. They say Josh has these weird idiosyncrasies where he, he he's posting about this one particular subject over and over and over again um, with great you know propensity. And I don't really see this. You know, maybe it's featured prominently on the website or in terms of frequency um, and. The media, whether it be Salon, Slate, uh, The Ringer, or various uh, media analysts calling for Donald Trump to be banned from Twitter, I will always post that story. No questions asked. Anybody in the media calling for Donald Trump to be banned, I will put po- from Twitter. I will post that story in a millisecond because that is the end game. I want my readers to know when you know when no other uh, media outlet has called it. That I've been seeing this for a long time. That's the end game. because as I had spoken before, Donald Trump is diminishing the value of the mainstream media in epic proportions by speaking directly to the people, and they're trying to use the same um, tactics uh, of trying to denigrate uh, certain characteristics of his tweets in which they would of people calling them racist or bigoted so on and so forth always going at the character assassination standpoint um, so that's why I'm, I'm always talking about that that's that's the, the
1: end man, that, to, to me that's fascinating I, I cannot sit here and, and think envision the, Donald Trump as a President of the United States being banned from Twitter I mean I, the only thing, my response is are you serious you know um, and, and I truly believe you are, and I truly believe, and I agree that would uh, certainly be their end game. But that said, where does that leave us? Where would that leave us? And where does that stop?
2: Well, where, where that leaves us, um, or the, the need, um, is, Again one of the things that we try to do at that I try to do at Vessel News is try to inspire people to become technologists and coders and engineers and so on and so forth. So there already are platforms like Gab AI which is the um we'll say the uh <clears throat> the uh the alternative to Twitter. And then there's alternatives to to Reddit, so there are still platforms that exist uh, that Donald Trump could use if he gets if he gets banned, and there would be a massive exodus um, to you know from Twitter onto these platforms. So he does have options, uh, and, and that does leave us with some breathing room, um, but that still is not. A website or platforms that are necessarily stable and as established as Twitter. So, mm-hmm. where that leaves us is, is guys that are listening to this program that say, look, what, what these two are talking about right now is really scary. I want to come up with a way that if Twitter bans Donald Trump, uh, that he could still get his message out. So, in a way, um, there's still some work to be done, perhaps, in that area.
1: I I totally agree. And and that's been a conversation, Josh, uh, that we've been having here. We are looking, um, as always, there's always that possibility where we will get booted from YouTube or we'll get booted from whatever, I mean, name whatever it it is. You know, we we have no control over. So we are attempting to uh, mitigate the, the potential fallout from that by in, by establishing something else or by, by a plan B, we'll say. And that's what I think. So you're inspiring that. That's one of your main purposes is to inspire others to take a look and to say, hey, come up with something different, right? Is that is that what I'm hearing?
2: That's absolutely correct.
1: Okay. And that's what we need to do. I mean, when we were faced with this kind of, uh, opposition. We we've got to do that, and and you're a big part of that too. Understanding the framework and understanding all of the things that that I don't understand at my at my older age, um, you understand boatloads more than I could ever understand. Uh, so so you are working to that end as well.
2: Yes, mm, that okay. is my that is my overarching objective
1: okay i i gotta ask you here we only have a few more minutes left of the program i can't believe how quickly this has gone there's a photograph and and if you don't want to talk about it i i understand but this there's a photograph of you uh with a uh, north vietnamese uh soldier uh you, you got to explain this to me what what did you do uh, did you parachute in north- north Korea?
2: And, and <laughs> i I wish that would have been incredible um, so North Korea has always been uh on my on my radar uh, as a place to want to go. I know that sounds completely crazy but it but again i've I've always had this and I'm sure that you're this way too you know we we've got i think people in in the' well, say the truth telling movement. Um, or those that are awake um, have always operated on the paradigm of of contrarianism and I've heard so many terrible things being said about North Korea and it's not that I didn't believe it but I said I have to see it for myself not to, not because I didn't believe the things were being said but I've just got to see a society that operates in this fashion. I mean, this is not to be, this is an experience. So uh, it's always been on my radar. Um, I had uh, some spare time uh, during the Christmas season, and it was the first time uh, in North Korea's history that they were allowing Westerners to come into North Korea during the New Year's time frame. So I booked my ticket, spent a few days in Beijing, uh, flew from Beijing to Pyongyang, uh, on, uh, on, uh, New Year's, uh, on New Year's. I spent New Year's Eve there. I had a, had one of the most incredible uh, parties that I had ever attended. In. And, and uh, I'll say don't believe what you read about North Korean fireworks. I am convinced that they spent Fifteen percent to twenty of their GDP on the fireworks. They went on. They went on for what I thought was an eternity. Um, so I spent a few days. Yeah, I spent a few days in North Korea traveling the country, went to the DMZ uh, area, was able to pose for a number of photos with a North Korean soldier. Uh, it was, of course, a sanitized trip, uh, so we didn't get to see some of the darker aspects of the country, but we got to see, we got to go to bowling alleys and restaurants and uh, circuses and, and all sorts of different shows, and it was uh, really an inexplicable uh, experience. Unbelievable! My
1: goodness. Yeah, I, I just you know I, the reason I brought this up because when I saw the picture, um, the, the the first the, the first question I had was would you wake up one morning and decide, hey, you know what? Eh, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna spend a few days in North Korea. What the heck, you know? Um, it, it, however, I do understand the contrarian uh, uh, approach and wanting to see things for yourself. Uh, what was your greatest takeaway from that aside from, I mean, what was your greatest, uh, takeaway that, uh, uh, from, from your trip, uh, that, that you could share?
2: God, I'm lucky. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's my takeaway. God, am I lucky? And do we have incredible opportunity to build and create and self-develop in a free society? And boy, is that, fading at a speed in which even those in the truth telling movement c- can't even believe that was my that was my big takeaway
1: and you know what josh i think you just summarized everything that we've been talking about in the in that one assessment uh, yes we collectively are lucky but yes we are seeing that uh, we are experiencing this erosion, this this decline, and we need to, and we need people like yourself who are doing this, stepping in and saying, you know what, we have to stop this, and we have to um, we have to we have to make the changes ourselves, and we we got to take control, and we've got to. Uh, so I, I mean, that to me summarizes. Uh, what you stand for and what you've been doing. In other words, uh, the, that's a way to compliment you in your enterprise. But realizing that, number one, we're lucky, and number two, how quickly we could lose what we've got. It's its just so important to understand. And even the people in the so-called truth movement, you know. Uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and we are facing dangers here, I think, in the next... In the short term and in the long term. Real quick here, we've got about a minute left. What's your biggest concern as the founder of VesselNews.io as you view the landscape of the news? What's your biggest concern? Immediate concern? My biggest
2: concern, or, my, my my biggest concern and the reason why I founded Vessel News is because I understand that. Uh, Metaphors and comparisons are not always so neat, but I see the challenge that we're facing today against censorship, uh, automation, uh, and the lack of uh, basic economic um, uh, empowerment ability is comparable to what the founding fathers faced. Uh, right now, we're facing huge technology tectonic changes, we're seeing massive forces putting downward pressure on us, and unlike the founding fathers, today I feel like in some ways we're treading backwards, we're, we're taking a look at technology and we're afraid of it, we're, we're afraid of automation, AI, and virtual reality, and we don't know how we could tackle it, uh, and to be able to lead our lives in a positive, free way, without these technologies being so pervasive. Um, so this is, to me, the biggest challenge uh, is trying to shift uh, our thought process and to embrace technology as our as merely a platform um, and and not an actual force in which is trending against us. That's the biggest challenge. Well,
1: wow. wow. and and that, uh, folks, to me, uh, and there it is, and I'll just say, period, there it is, and and it's. I, I think we could take a lesson from Josh Kaplan, the man behind Vessel uh, news.io certainly a a website everyone should visit on a daily basis your news aggregation compilation and um, the way you have collected and assembled and presented is uh, not just admirable but very helpful to all independent researchers and for that we thank you and I hope you do come back on again Uh, we could talk about other issues in depth you're a fascinating young man and, and your website equally fascinating and equally uh, uh, man, I'm, I'm a opponent of your your website. and I just appreciate your time. I appreciate all you do, sir.
2: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
1: Alright. Thank you, brother. Folks, that was Joshua Kaplan, founder and editor-in-chief of vesselnews.io. Talk about interesting and talk about a great guy and, and somebody with the Again, unafraid and inspired—that sums it up. I want to thank each and every one of you for a great week. God bless every one of you. Watch HagmanReport.com. There gonna be some—I think there gonna be some surprises this weekend. I'll be around. God bless.